Hey, how about them tops, son? All day, SEC boys. You're listening to the Red Out Podcast. Welcome into another Red Out Podcast. My name is Devin, and uh, it's going to be a season finale here tonight, guys. I, I think with the end of basketball season, uh, baseball season starting back up. Um, sorry, not sorry, not really, <laughs> uh, not really a baseball fan. How's it going, Jared? It's good. I'm not a baseball fan either. <laughs> yeah, just sorry. Um, but anyway, so don't forget to share, uh, like, share, and subscribe to the episodes. We appreciate it. Rate us on uh, Apple iTunes and do all that good stuff. And you will hear the occasional beep. I apologize. I've got my Discord pulled up trying to track all of the transfers. No, yeah. Or at least some of them that we've come across. Um, excuse me. Um, just, I literally just took a drink right before I started the show. And yeah, when you get old, it just all starts coming back up real quick. I feel you. Excuse me. I'm trying to hit my mute button. Uh, but anyway, so winners and losers, I think we'll open up with obviously Western losing last week to Law Tech in the second round of the NIT. Um, I don't think we were really that surprised. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. Well, I thought we had a chance. I, I think we had a yeah. chance against them, but there was a good chance that, um, excuse me, that Western wouldn't uh, be able to go all the way in the NIT, or at least, you know, to the finals. I mean, I feel like they could have, but just the way that the team looked in that game to me, they just didn't really play with the same kind of heart that they have before, like when they made that amazing run. So it's a little sad to see that. I mean, Jordan Rawls was the main one that was really carrying the team against Louisiana Tech, and now yeah. he's not even on the team anymore. So, I mean, that sucks. I've heard a lot of smack talk against Rawls, and I think some of it is warranted, but I don't think a lot of it is. So, um, the what was it? The stat that someone threw out that he was eight point two points per or eight, yeah, eight point two points per game. You know, like two assists and two two blocks or two steals or something like that. And I was like, eh. I mean, I'm, he may have underperformed, but I just don't think that's. You know, he's a kid. Just let him go. I mean, he was still looking pretty good at the end of the season. I really feel like he should have started more games, like when McKnight wasn't doing as well. Like getting giving Rawls those minutes because usually Rawls would come in and he would do something. And his three point shooting consistently was an important part of the team, especially in that championship game against North Texas. If it wasn't for him hitting those two threes in the first half, we would have been toast at halftime. So, oh, I agree. Yeah, I think I, mean, I think he's, he's been he's been clutch in certain games. I just, but yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it sucks, but I mean that's just kind of the nature of the beast this day and age. Well, with that, um, I guess talking transfers real quick, uh, Jordan Rawls has entered the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, is he a senior or a junior? Uh, he'll be a junior next year. Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, he's still go. technically a sophomore because they don't lose a year of eligibility, I think, with transferring. So I guess not. Okay. Yeah. So I, I feel like this was a joke post, but here it is. Uh, Jordan Rawls has entered the transfer portal after playing for Western Kentucky University. 8.3 points, 2.1 rebounds, and 2.1 assists per game. 38% from two, 35% from three. Three years of eligibility left. Contact, contact me if you're interested. Oh, it's yeah, like, really? A high school coach. I think that's really <laughs> weird. He's still involved with that, but I mean, it's whatever. Yeah, well, honestly, when I read the contact me if you're interested, it kind of it sounded like to me like those uh, ads in the newspapers. Oh and yeah, or like got an old mower. <laughs> yeah, I got an old mower. Hadn't run in a year. I ain't changed the oil yet, but just tell me if you want to look at it. Mm-hmm. it. Sounded like you're from Scottsville now. Yep, I can turn it on and off. <laughs> um, let me see here. I'm trying to find some of the others. I did see where forward um, Osaway is it Osaway? Oh, yeah, Kevin Osaway. Kevin Osaway. Excuse me. He's entered the transfer portal. Um, so that's two for yeah, basketball. I mean, I feel like he could have been good if he stayed, but I still think he would have been a second rotation guy. 
I mean, he had like a lot of good size and abilities. He just never really got to play much. And I mean, he had some games where he contributed a lot, but I mean, he only played maybe six, seven minutes a game. So it's not like it's a huge loss. No, but I mean, those guys, I think, are expecting a lot more playing time to help there. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think a lot of these guys are looking to play in the league. You know, no matter what's going on, their goal is to play in the league. Um, So, you know, if they're not getting the playing time, obviously they're not getting the looks from scouts and they're not going to be making any money in the future as far as that goes. So I agree. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mr. Hilltoppers requesting Matt. I agree. I would love to get Matt back on the show and we have talked um, and he actually sent me a text. Um, it is slightly uh, explicit, so I will. I can, I can believe warning. that. <laughs> well, that's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> that's Matt. Okay. Oh um, gosh. Yeah, because I told he asked me what time the show was, and I told him, so he gave me that. Uh, but yes, I would love to get Matt on the show because I'd love to hear his thoughts on some of this. Um, but I do have a snippet of some talk before uh, we talk about Western. Um, well, there's one more the player game. that's trans- technically two more players that are transferred still. We need to talk. about. Yes. I was going to, you go ahead and I'll let you cover the one. Cause I haven't found it scrolling through the discord yet. Yeah. So the other one that was uh, kind of surprising was Kenny Cooper is that he's going to be transferring. So he'll be coming back for another year. I mean, he is a redshirt senior, so he'll be a sixth year guy with whatever university he decides to go to. Which, I mean, he was definitely underwhelming. See, he still got screwed over, though, when he came here. Like, the way that Lipscomb did him, they did him dirty. I feel like if he was immediately eligible when he transferred here and was on that team when we were struggling to have a point guard before Bearden was eligible Mm -hmm. with his academics or whatever it was he was struggling with. If he was on that team, I feel like we could have gotten, for sure, a championship with that team, like a conference title. We definitely would have been better had him been able to immediately come in and play and be able to fill a void and be the guy. But I mean, just with the way I agree, here, I mean, all completely these agree guys, with that. Yeah. With all these younger guys like McKnight and Rawls, I mean, I think that's better for our future, but I mean, it's whatever. Also not a huge loss. He didn't really average a lot of points or anything. So, no, but well, one. I think the frustrating thing for me with Cooper is, is you know you protested up in Indianapolis for so I long did. trying to get him I freed, did. but you know I, I shook my fist at them and I said free Kenny Cooper in a very loud tone <laughs> when I was at their headquarters during all of that. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, I did I, I, as you were saying that I was scrolling through the feed and I found uh, where we were talking about him transferring, um, mm-hmm. and I mean. This one is not really surprising, and it's not really basketball related, but Tyrell Pigram is going to be trans- entering the transfer portal. Yeah, I think that's the best for him and also Western as well. I mean, I agree. Also, another person that I think kind of, kind of got screwed over with him coming in at a COVID year, no spring ball, no spring practices, not being able to work on everything a lot earlier than normal. I'm not sure if he, if he, if he was able to do spring ball, if he would have been better than what happened this year. I mean, he was still consistent. I mean, he didn't throw a lot of interceptions and stuff, and he was pretty good on his legs. But it just was really he wasn't. He never. He never really was a deep thrower, though. No, he never took those shots. Twenty yards, yeah. I mean, it's um, Bailey's app's job to lose this year, and he's probably not going to lose it. He's going to be the closest thing we've had to Brandon Dowdy since Brandon Dowdy left, in my opinion. I am. I'm, I'm honestly excited for the the little like nicknames or something people are going to come up with for Zap. Yeah. Is it is it just going to be Zap or you know like when we score a touchdown is it going to be like Zap you know or like <laughs> I'm just Maybe. I don't know I'm just I'm excited for the fall. Um, There's even a spring game next month which yes. is going to be great. I'm yes, really excited we, for that. We uh, we may come in and do a update episode depending on you know scheduling and everything and. And we will be talking about some exciting stuff coming, maybe over the summer. Hopefully, um, if Let's we see can, if we can get Matt it. on too. Excuse me. Um, but yeah, Tyrell Tyrell Pigram threw sixteen hundred yards this year, nine touchdowns, uh, two interceptions, which isn't that bad on paper. 
It's just because he never threw it that much. He never threw it deep either. Yeah. Um, I would love to see like rushing to passing yards. Let me see if I can pull that up oh, real yeah. quick. Uh, but yeah, he's transferring to, he's entering the transfer portal. Um, let's start with the basketball guys. Where do you think some, uh, we'll start with Rawls. Where do you think Rawls is going to end up as far as just kind of a generic guess? You know, it's a, is it a lower mid major? Is he going to go somewhere in the Mac? You know, what are you thinking? Honestly, I feel like he could have power five potential, maybe not like your blue blood power five potential, but he was still a four star recruit coming out of high school. He still was looking pretty good towards the end of the season. I feel like if he went to a bigger school with a really good coach that can develop players, I feel like he could be a really solid player. Sort of like what Delano Benton did going to Nebraska or Tolu Smith going to Mississippi State. Like going to a school like that, I feel like he could fit in. I don't know if he's like could be Tennessee caliber or not. I know they've recruited him out of high school and stuff. But I don't really know. I don't. I don't think he's Tennessee built yet. But I mean, maybe somewhere like Memphis. I mean, I feel like he could fit in with Penny Hardaway. Honestly, they're losing Damian Ball, which was another former Stansbury recruit yeah. that ended up going there. So now he's transferring. So I mean, it's possible he could end up at a, like a Memphis caliber team. I mean, like a really good American level school, or maybe just kind of like a middle of the pack Power Five school. Honestly. Well, I think what's going to hurt him is like what that coach posted with the 8.2 points per game. You know, that's – I just well, – I don't I mean, know. If you still look at his good games, then they'll see a lot of things to work off of that because he didn't play as many minutes as like McKnight and all of those guys did. So, I mean, once they see has how he actually plays and that kind of stuff, I mean, it might help him a little bit. Well, see, my thought is I agree with you. Um, what I would like to see for Jordan Rawls is a coach, like you said, that's a good developing coach that may see this as a diamond in the rough. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> sorry, I was just reading some of the some of the scroll the feed here. Um, but as far as Piggy's concerned, uh, passing wise, he threw about fifty seven percent overall for the year, uh, sixteen hundred yards, averaged about five yards a pass. Uh, nine touchdowns, two interceptions. His longest uh, was 50, 50 yards, which mm-hmm. that must – I don't remember which game that was. I'll have to look that up. But uh, he had 20 sacks for the year, and I think that's a big number for him because if you look at his time at Maryland, for instance, uh, in the 2016 season he had six sacks. In the 2017 season he had zero Wow. Of course, of course, that's kind of skewed. Mm-hmm. Because in his in his freshman season, he was fairly active, you know, thir- uh, 71 attempts, uh, 322 yards there. But in his 2017 season, he only had 12 attempts for 175 yards. But, um, and then of course, 2018, he had 15 sacks. In 2019, he had 10. But when he gets to Western, he has 20 sacks. So I feel like, just speaking hypothetically, of course, is that his confidence must have been pretty shaky uh, back there. But, I mean, still, if you're looking at the numbers, like in 2017 when he was not – he didn't have a very full playing year, uh, he averaged 14.6 yards passing. So that's that's almost three times what he did at Western. I just don't feel like – you know, his most productive year was 2019, and he averaged 6.1. So, to me, it seems like he benefits from a spread offense where it's better for him to be able to get loose, so to speak, and make the runs and do stuff like that. Um, I I honestly could see we'll, – we'll talk about Piggy real quick. Um, I can actually see Piggy going to um, – Maybe like a ball state, maybe not necessarily that team, but a team similar, um, you know, a Bowling Green state, something like that. You know, I would say it would be a little, maybe, maybe around the same level, if not a little lower than where Western is considered um, yeah. on the mid major scale. Um, 
But anyway, we were talking about as far as rushing yards, he had 337 yards rushing for Western. Uh, four touchdowns. Uh, and honestly, before that, he really he never got anywhere near that. Uh, 2016, he had 254 rushing yards. So that's, that tells me that um, he, this is a – I just – I don't feel like he was confident uh, at Western. So, I mean, it wasn't a good fit, I think. Uh, so I'm trying to be nice here. Um, and, and I think it's for the best for him. Uh, I think yeah. with Piggy, it's for the best. Um, I'm kind of excited about Zap. Um, <laughs> so the WKU Pro Day 2021 – has got a lot of familiar faces, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ty Story, Lucky Jackson, Devin Wharton, Coco Darden, Deontay Ruffin, Jordan Meredith, offensive line, uh, Devin Key, Quinn Jernigan, Trey Meadows, and Miles Pate, offensive line as well. And I think Carson Williams is doing that too. Is Carson? Uh, he's not on their little flyer so somebody needs to jump on the media department they kind of screwed that one up yeah Um, photoshop him in some uh (laughs) football uniform that's hilarious um so uh let's go back to basketball real quick before my add kicks in again um so we're talking about asoe or whatever you called him Mm -hmm. uh kevin we'll call him kevin um because that's his name where do you think where do you think kevin's gonna end up (laughs) uh you know for him, he's a junior college guy. Came here, played for a season. I mean, wasn't very so, off the charts with any of his stats. He didn't get a lot of playing time. So, so, so like an Eastern, you think? Uh, I wouldn't that say one, Eastern. I don't see. I can't remember where he's original from, but maybe somewhere like out in Texas or like the Midwest or somewhere like okay. that. I feel like he could be somewhere like that. Because even Jeremiah Gambrel, he was a really good prospect. Uh, coming out of high school he was offered by Baylor and all this other stuff and ended up coming here and then left and he went to Prairie View A&M so maybe just somewhere around there too and like with Merrick Nelson he was the same caliber guy in my opinion he may be a little bit better than Wado Salway shown and he went to like UT Rio Grande Valley so probably like a school like that in my opinion maybe like a Grand Canyon University maybe Abilene Christian both of those are decent <laughs> I don't know Grand Canyon, uh, Phoenix University, I think called too, but I don't ITT know. Tech. Yeah, <laughs> actually, uh, there was a uh, a kid way back in the day who played uh, for Allen County, and supposed, excuse me, sorry, tried to hit my mute button, I missed it. Um, supposedly, you know, there were a lot of big name offers, and he ended up going to a small university just down the road, um, Lindsey Wilson. Oh yeah. Was, it was always just one of those that I just was like, because rumor was that he Tennessee and all these other teams are calling, and it was like, okay. And then they were like, oh, yeah, he's going to Lindsey Wilson. And I was like, really? Hey, you know, whatever floats your boat, bud, you know, do what you do, what you got to do, do what's best for you. But, um, but anyway, uh, so what was the other guy? You said Cooper. We haven't talked about Kenny Cooper yet. Yeah. Um, what do you think for Kenny Cooper? Do we does okay? First off, does Western pull a Lipscomb and uh, no, not at all. Lock him up. We are not that petty. Not just teasing. We're that definitely would, not. That, that would be petty. the biggest troll move ever, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be so horrible. It would. I mean, it would be for Cooper. I mean, he might end up in like a Mac or something like that. Maybe like it's a little bit lower than Conference USA, in my opinion. I don't. I don't really know because he I mean he played a little bit. He didn't really start that much. He did at the beginning of the season and then ended up losing it to McKnight. So, I mean, and maybe maybe some type of parallel movement like that with the Mac or maybe the A10 or somewhere around there. I mean, I don't know about regional. I mean, he's from Tennessee, around Nashville. I doubt he goes to like a Belmont or something like that, or so, Tennessee State or I something. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, Tennessee State could be a good fit. I don't know. I mean, if he's from Nashville, I mean. I mean, that Hersey Miller, he was offered by. Yeah, the Hersey Miller guy, he was a target that Western was going after, and he ended up committing to Tennessee State over us and a bunch of Power 5 schools. Uh, That's pretty surprising to see, but, I mean, I respect it. We're supporting the HBCUs. 
I always thought it was really wild that um, in football, Tennessee State plays at the Titan Stadium. And their band is incredible. I bet. I, of course, I haven't heard their band. We never really played Tennessee State. but Yeah, when um, I saw the Dolphins play the Titans in uh, LT Smith Stadium back then in 2015, uh, the Tennessee State marching band was the halftime show, and they were huge, and they killed it. They were really good. So the Titans played the Dolphins at LT? Yeah, and the Dolphins obliterated them, too. <laughs> at LT crazy. Smith Stadium. Oh, God, sorry. LT. <laughs> God, I know it's, a L, it's an abbreviation thing. You know what I mean. Well, I was like... Dude, are you dreaming this? What are you? What, did you no, eat some shrooms before you came on? <laughs> the, no, the name of the name of the stadium before Nissan Stadium was LP. Uh, it wasn't the LP I something. I can't. Yeah, yeah. Now that you say that, it just kind of you know you know when somebody says something and then you just kind of go blank. You're just like ah, yeah. That's how I am right now. But anyway, I'll like LP wake up. Is LP there, Field? Duh. Here you go. Yeah, I'll wake Sorry. up in the middle of the night and just go, LP Field, and be like, oh, yeah. and they're like, what's going on? Um, Man, I still remember when Bridgestone was the Gaylord Entertainment Center, so all of that is all jumbled <laughs> into my mind, plus Western on top of that. So, um, so we have one more player, I guess, technically, we need to talk about is Carson Williams. Mm-hmm. And you and you're, you were joking about him being on the Pro Day thing, but is there a chance that he's going to be able to slip over and, you know, actually go pro kind of? Uh, like uh, Fant or some of those, or was, who was I mean, it? He has, I don't remember. He has the build for it. He definitely does. He's like six five, two forty ish. So I mean, that's good size for maybe an offensive lineman, maybe a tight end. I mean, he's. I can't remember how quick he really was running at Western. I don't know if he's like he's not like a Tyler Higby type fast because Higby was just like a huge wide receiver that got converted oh, yeah. to tight end and bulked up and now is in the NFL. Yeah. With him, he may either try to bulk up sort of like what Fant did and become a lineman or I don't see him being on the defensive side of the ball. I see him more as like a either offensive lineman or tight end. I could really see him doing that, but I mean, it's possible. I mean, Fant is the proof proof of it right there. I mean, he was a four-year player in basketball, went to the NCAA tournament, won conference titles in the Sun Belt with basketball, played one season with the football team, won a conference title. He has to be one of the only student athletes in all of Division One, Two, II, and Three history that's won a conference title playing football and basketball in like the big leagues like that. So, I mean, that's such an impressive stat to have. Oh, uh, definitely. With, yeah, and with Williams, I think that he has that potential. But my question is, is he could come back and play basketball another year and be eligible, but can he come and play football next season? That is the question I want to know. I, I don't have think to message so. Todd Stewart that. But, I mean, why not, though? I mean, if he's able to come back for a fall sport like that, I think he can come back for bat- football. I think he has one – I think he's got one more season of eligibility, but – I mean, that's a question we'll have to ask Todd or somebody like that to see as far as the the ins and outs because, like, the NCAA is going to be nitpicky about something like that, I feel like. Because, sure like, why, I think – do what? I'm not sure why they would be just for the fact that, I mean, he's just changing sports, but he's still going to be – he has that extra year of eligibility, so, I mean, why not? Well, I mean, I think that's I think that's a slippery slope, too. For instance, like let's say we've got wide receivers. Let's say we got wide receivers for Alabama, and they decide that, or you know, some school that actually has a decent football and basketball program, um, and you know, let's decide. Let's say they decide to slip over to basketball, or the basketball players decide to slip over to football and squeeze in a couple extra years. I. I don't know. But the you thing know? is, is no one tries doing that. I mean, this is a rare thing that happens. This isn't something that's very common in most schools, even in Conference USA level. I mean, this isn't something that's very popular to do. I mean, it's just kind of been our thing recently with having, like, one of our star forwards decide to try to play football. I mean, even Justin Johnson delved into it a little bit. But with the way the roster turned out in basketball, he had to come back to the team or else they would have been completely screwed over. Yeah, but I, I still think it's possible. I'm gonna have to message someone within the athletic department and hopefully find an answer. I will say, um, there are, um, all right, let's just kind of look at some of these guys real quick. Ty Stories, 
NFL prospects? What do you think? Do you think he's got a shot? Does he have a good percentage shot of going pro? He was still a great line of scrimmage guy. Like he was incredible being able to just control the offense, control the line of scrimmage and the time of possession. Like that was his strong suits. I mean, he wasn't a big throw it deep kind of guy either, but he was absolute money making those like 10 yard passes, 15 yard passes, those kind of plays. I mean, he was really consistent, really accurate with all of that. And I mean, he still ran the ball too. So, I mean, he's pretty athletic. I mean, I, I don't know, but maybe, I think he's, I think I mean, he's got a I think he's got a shot with um like um like an XFL league or uh what was it extreme is what's coming to Louisville or even an NFL practice team. I think he has a shot at something like that. Um potentially. He's he's an accurate quarterback. Uh maybe not the fastest in the world. He's not a good scrambling quarterback, you know. Um, but I think he's got a shot at something like that. Um, now, like Lucky, Lucky Jackson, Lucky had a had a slump there, and he, I think he, of course, he's a kid, so I'm not. Don't think I'm running him down or anything like that. You know, it happens. You know, things just don't work out sometimes. But I think he had overall, he had a great career at Western. Um, so my thing is with Lucky. I, do you think he makes the league, or I, I think he could play Canadian? Well, I know that Lucky has been working really hard in this past year, trying to work on everything. So he's been putting in that extra work. He's probably been working with some scat like trainers, like or in a, that are NFL level, and show him what he needs to be working on. I mean, I thought his senior year he looked really strong. He did oh, yeah. really well. So, I mean, if he's still been staying in shape and he's still been working on reps and everything and just practicing and working on his skills and everything, I feel like he definitely has a better shot as anybody to do it. Um, He actually, what was it? Was it Sanford's year of coaching or was it the first year of, um, of coach that he ended up having kind of having that little bit of a slump? I think it was Sanford because Jake always used to run lucky down about, you know, not doing as well and should do better and blah, blah, blah. And I really want to be like, dude, it's a wide receiver. Um, you know, there is so much that can go wrong between the quarterback releasing the ball and them, you know, being in the position to catch it. Um, so I kind of give a little more slack to wide receivers. But um, he did have a little bit of a slump there. And I think it was with Sanford because Jake was still doing the podcast then. Um, but and, and Quinn Jernigan – I thought he transferred. Am I wrong on that? Uh, no, he just graduated. He was the same class as Lucky Jackson. Yeah. Okay, he graduated. Okay. Um, it's been too long since football season. Uh, but, uh, yeah, Quinn just – he did not stand out to me as much as Lucky did. I don't know. Is that just me or are you in the same boat? Uh, what, what was your question again? Sorry, I'm typing someone within the athletic department. My question. <laughs> I'm going to try no, to get no. an answer before we're off there. No, you're good. Uh, I was talking about Quinn Jernigan. If Quinn Jernigan, um, I feel like he's not at the caliber of Lucky Jackson. I mean, he's still a big athletic he's, guy. I mean, he had some good sides to him. He's so, an athletic I mean, guy, yes. But I just don't, as far as like playing receiver, I just don't feel like he might could make it on like a special teams or something like that, you know. Um, I think all of these guys have the potential to be on a NFL practice team. I think they easily could be signed first off um, as far as that goes, which by the way, you're going to be making money if you're playing on a practice team, which by the way, if, if, if at their age, if I could have done that, I would have done that in a heartbeat. Um, but uh, to me, the, the most, the players that have the most potential, I think, I honestly think Devin Key's got a good chance of going to the mm. to the league. Um, yeah, he's he man's really pretty strong, strong on defense. Yeah, he was one of our core defensive guys. He's smart, dude. Devin mm-hmm. Key was a very smart and very good leader on the defense. Um, he, I'm very impressed with Devin Key. I always was. Um, I always thought, uh, and it sounds bad, but like even this last season, I saw him out there, and I was like, I thought he graduated. But then in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'm glad. You know, this is great. I yeah. love it. <laughs> I'm not gonna uh, Trey Meadows. Trey Meadows is another good one. Uh, Deontay Ruffin. Uh, 
I think they were very, uh, very good on the defense and co you know, Coco Darden did a very well, did a good job as well. Um, but you know, as far as everything's concerned with this group of guys, I think they easily could be signed to a NFL roster as a practice squad, or they could try, or, I mean, I, I don't know. I wouldn't blame them if they tried to sign with, um, you know, XFL or whatever that league is now that they're trying to start back up. Mm-hmm. What was it? What was it? XFL well, or well, the AFL? thing was is that the AAF or whatever that happened, they had played maybe like three or four games and they went bankrupt. And then the XFL was about to happen, and then COVID hit. Yeah. So, I, I mean, anything that goes against the NFL right now, I feel like has zero shot of actually being sustainable. <laughs> I mean, just for the fact that something completely new, even though it's nice. I mean, these guys are not NFL caliber players. I mean, it's just not the same. I no, mean, obviously, but... it's good for these guys like Ty Stories and all the other players like Andrew Jackson that was close to making one of the AAF rosters and stuff like that. I mean, it's good to give them that opportunity. And it, there were some players, I think, that played in the AAF and looked really well and were able to find a spot in the NFL even in that short time. I mean, it's almost like a G League for the NFL, which I love that concept, and they need to have something too. like that. If they were to put sports into like these places that don't have like an NFL team, say, say like use Papa John Stadium in Louisville as an example, have a G League type team there, have other places that wouldn't have a football team, like maybe Birmingham. Like they were a really good host with the Birmingham Iron. That was their big team that they had, and they were really supportive of it. So I, I feel like there needs to be something in between just college and the NFL to where like, these guys that are really good straight out of college but maybe not like instant NFL potential could actually have, find a home and still be able to play. But it's just the financial aspect of that is it's so hard to be able to get that traction, being able to get ticket sales, merch sales, finding a TV deal that actually is affordable. I mean, that's the biggest issue that all of them have had since they've tried to start up. There was a lot of um, okay. <laughs> I'm trying to look this up, but I can't find it. But anyway, um, so there were a lot of concepts that the the AFL introduced, and I liked. Okay, so you know the putting the coaches on, you know, with a wire on them so you could actually hear what's being talked about. That was awesome. Oh, yeah. I liked that. And also um, the officials too, like showing inside the replay booth when yes. someone challenges. That needs to be a thing in the NFL. Yes, man. That having transparency is so great. Yes, I completely agree 100%. And I thought there was a rumor and that's kind of what I'm trying to look up is um is course this is just talking about the american football league when the afl and the nfl merged but i can't find the other the the rumor was that dwayne johnson dwayne the rock johnson bought the league uh after it went bankrupt and that he was going to restart it but i mean that's of course that's just rumor i don't know if that's true or not um but i mean i would be completely behind that um me too and i think you know like an xfl or something like that um, let me see what this Louisville Extreme is with. There is a group. Um, yeah, here we go. Louisville Extreme Football. Um, they are an indoor football league. It's sort of like arena. Yeah. yeah, but I saw a commercial for them the other day on the on the. Uh, yeah, it's in the IFL. What's the IFL? Maybe like independent <laughs> football league. And- it's yeah, it's got to be something like indoor football league. Oh, um, they had signed a three-year lease to play their home games at the KFC Yum Center. Which, by the way, I don't know if any of you all know anything about you know local politics as far as that's concerned, but that's a good thing for the for the Yum Center when yeah. when Rick Pitino and those guys were kind of making it a monopoly for Louisville to be the only ones to play there. The city was losing a lot of money. You know, and I get, you know, wanting the home, you know, the school to be there and yada, yada, yada. But like, just make them a priority because I mean, there's so many times that like the NF, the NBA has wanted to come to Louisville because I'm sure, I think we're like number two 
I say we because I'm within 40 miles of Louisville, but we're like number two as far as getting an NBA team. And the reason that a lot of those got scratched was because of uh, uh, Rick Pitino and Jurich and all that big mess. But anyway, um, but Louisville Extreme Football, I mean, honestly, like I feel like some of these guys can play there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that's definitely a possibility. Hey, if you're getting play, if you're getting paid to play football, it's a win in my book. Yeah, um, Mr. Hilltopper says Louisville got hosed. Yeah, Louisville as a city definitely got hosed on the on that. And but but since Jurich and Patino are gone, I have heard a lot more locally about events happening at the Yum Center. So they are capitalizing on on that. And the Yum Center, to my knowledge, is a great facility. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I have something really random, but you'll appreciate this. Yes, I love random. Here, here's our stupid tweet of the week, and this comes from Big Blue Express. <laughs> they cover UK sports. I literally just saw this. They said they've been seeing rumors about Charles Bassey or Greg Brown being potential transfer targets for Kentucky, expecting both to go pro, so either option is unlikely. I'm just like, really? <laughs> Why would Charles do that? Exactly. That makes That's so no stupid. Sense. I mean, yeah, he's yeah. going to go pro more than likely. If he comes yeah. back for a fourth year, I will be absolutely astonished and not complain at all because, I mean, him and Sharp in the same front court, that would be beautiful. But I think that's hilarious that Kentucky people are actually stooping that road to try to do that. I think I think Kentucky people are reaching because they need some hope in Lexington because it's, it's got to be depressing over there. Um mm-hmm. But as far as the pro day guys are concerned, I wish you the best of luck. I hope you know. I hope you end up playing somewhere and you're making money playing football. Uh, because hey, God bless you, buddy. As far as I'm concerned, I hope that you know. I hope it happens for you. Um, yeah. Because I mean, there was. Uh, I had a uh, when I was in high school. I had a football coach. Um, I went to a, a football camp over in Eastern Kentucky around Ashland. And they set us all down and they were like, they said, of course, you know, there's millions. I mean, I don't even know how many thousands of high schools there are across the country, but anyway, less than 1% of high school players make it to the pros. Yeah. And out of that 1%, of course, you know, there's what over 130 D one schools or so, um, but not that many football programs, but anyway, less than 1% of them make it onto an NFL roster. Yeah. That's so, crazy. I mean, you're looking at, you know, like 0.1% of players that are going to make it. Um, but, you know, Western has had players in the past to make it to the pros. So I definitely can see that, uh, definitely see that happening. And I wish them all the best. Um, so do we really need to talk about the Law Tech game? Do we really want to just, or just let me, I mean, let me talk stats and then we'll just say we lost. <laughs> we are technically obligated to speak of it, unfortunately. Okay, okay. I will I will gladly do some stats real quick. Um, Law Tech shot 47% from the field. We shot 34. They shot 61% from three-point land. We shot 30%. Um. Turnover wise, they had more. They had 12, we had eight. And rebounds, uh, they had 37, we had 40. So we still beat them uh, in the rebound department, but we just couldn't, we couldn't shoot. Um, basically, the entire second half, La Tech won or was winning the game. The, the, only, the closest we came was a 45 um, 43 with 14.57 to go in the second. Mm hmm. So that's the closest we came. They basically came out at half and just dominated. What yeah. did you think about the game? Of course, it was old man Devin, and I didn't stay up to watch it. So, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was a very late game, first of all. And second of all, I mean, it was just rough. I mean, I feel like we never really had that spark that we had played with at times this year. I don't know if they had just kind of given up on playing in the NIT or what, but I mean, La Tech was making all these threes that they needed to. I mean, surprise, a team that we played was having a career day in three-point shooting. Go figure. It's like we don't have three-point defense to save our lives at all, which I, I still wish that would be addressed, but I mean, that's how Stansberry has been since he's been here, and I doubt that'll change next season. 
So it's whatever. But yeah, I mean, they were lighting us up from three. And that Kenneth Lofton Jr., I mean, he's a great uh, freshman guy. He's conference freshman of the year this year. He's going to be a force if he sticks around at Law Tech. I kind of hope he goes somewhere else just because he's <laughs> going to make us miserable if he stays for four years there. But, I mean, it, we just lack that intensity that we had most of the season. I mean, we got down by double digits, and I feel like it was just kind of over at that point. I mean, we still kept it kind of close, but we just didn't have that same drive that we normally would have. Um, so Mr. Hilltopper wants to know if it was bad he fell asleep at halftime. Nah, it's not bad. That game is – that's a long game. And, of course, if you're on Eastern time, you know, that's 11 o'clock. I don't even stay up and watch late-night shows here because they come on too late. Um, yeah, same. I mean, I always make an exception for the tops. Like, I think the game ended around 11, 11, 15 Central, so it would have been midnight for you. So, yeah, I definitely don't blame you on that. <laughs> yeah. The So, um – Mr. L. Tupper wants to know, and I'm I may be misreading this. Uh, if we knew they had to stop shooting threes, why didn't WKU? Because what were we like? I don't even remember how, how bad it was on stat wise for shooting threes. It was awful though. Was it like three for thirty or something? I mean, it was ridiculous. It wasn't that bad, but it definitely wasn't very good. It was it was pretty bad. It wasn't like yeah, I'm exaggerating, but. Yeah. Um, and also tech they were getting to the line a lot more than we were which that's usually one of our strong suits that we always have every game is that we get to the line more than our opponents but i think it was either pretty close or i know in the first half that we had more fouls than tech did so that was another thing too and they were making all their free throws um so i'm gonna read some comments i asked a uh, shot a question to our uh, wku basketball group um it's a great group, horrible admin, but what are we going to do? Yeah. Um, I mean, he just allows so much <laughs> trash talk to happen in that group. So, horrible okay. person. Let me do a quick aside. Um, I've got HBO Max, which, by the way, just watch Godzilla versus King Kong, and I love it. Um, <laughs> I love those movies anyway. So, uh, Mr. Hilltopper says we went nine for 30. So, I wasn't off by too much, like six. <laughs> but anyway. Um, so I've been watching a documentary on Netflix or on HBO Max. I'm sorry, called um, "Q Into the Storm," mm-hmm. and it's talking about Eight Chan and all that stuff. If you don't know what I'm talking about, watch the documentary. I'm not going to talk about it, but that just kind of reminds me of that because Eight Chan is the quote Wild West of internet stuff. That's all I can say. Yeah it's 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 crazy like what they put on there but anyway and i've never been on the site first off to the nsa or fbi person listening to me right now i've never been on that site i don't have any interest in going on it uh but anyway so i threw a question out there to our to our listeners and loyal people uh who love wku uh i wanted their opinion or our opinion as fans of western and told them we would discuss them on the podcast uh, without mentioning last names, if you want to know, just go to the po- just go to the Facebook page. Richard says he thought they underachieved a little bit, and I think that's I think that's legitimate. There were a few games, uh, there were a few games where I thought we should have won easily. Yeah. Um, and of course, playing the back to back games, I don't think was our strong suit. Um, I mean, that was just miserable for everybody is playing yeah. the same team back-to-back. That's something that you'll probably never see happen again. I really hope it never happens again. Yeah. yeah, just go back to the Thursdays and Saturdays like it used to be and have different teams, and I feel like it'll be a lot smoother. Yeah, I, I, and I, I think this coming year it's going to be a lot more uh, normalcy with sports, you know, with the vaccines and everything rolling out. Um so Jerry says he thinks the coach caught a little too much slack. So does he? So is he meaning that we gave him too much slack? That we should have been harder on him? Is that is that kind of the way you took that question or that well, comment? Well, yeah. I mean, I feel like there's still a lot of people defending Stansberry, which I mean. I still it's, understand that. He still has over 100 wins here. He's had 21 seasons the past three years. I mean, on that end, he's still done really well. He's still gotten us to conference title games. We've been one of the best teams consistently every year. He's brought like talent we never thought we would achieve here. 
It's just the fact that he hasn't got us in the NCAA tournament. Had he got us into the tournament at this point, I don't think we would even be discussing this. It's just the fact yeah. that he hasn't. It's just some of the craziest things I've ever seen. I seriously feel like we're cursed just for the fact of... <laughs> I, I mean, the way I that North you. Texas game, that North Texas game is still one of the dumbest, craziest, and ugliest games I've ever seen in my entire life. Just with the, st the stats alone, looking at that, are a nightmare. And then, of course, the Bearden layup against Marshall, which is arguably even worse. We were making a huge run, and that nine times out of ten probably would have went in, but naturally the one time it didn't is when it needs to the most. But, I mean, I understand everybody's gripes with Stansberry, that he's still, his, all of his teams have struggled with a lot of the same things, like three-point defense is still bad. Uh, I mean, we haven't had much front court front court depth since Tolu Smith left. I mean, there's definitely been a void for that. As much as I like Carson Williams, he's very undersized for power forward. I'd love for to see Stansberry get maybe like a solid six eight, six nine, six ten power forward from some other school in the transfer portal to come in and start alongside Sharp. I think having two forwards instead of four guards and one center it would work a lot better. But I mean, I'm not a head coach in the Division One basketball, so why do I know? Yeah, I'm not a head coach, and neither of us are um, recruiters. So <laughs> I'd be like, "Hey, buddy, I uh, I will buy you some food if you want to come to Western." <laughs> yeah, um, in a McDonald's bag. <laughs> yeah, how much is it worth? One Big Mac, two Big Macs. Uh, but anyway, um, so uh, I d I said we weren't going to have Matt on the show tonight uh, because of scheduling, but. I do have some of Matt's thoughts on this Facebook post, so we'll talk about that. Individually, this is a quote, individually as a season, it was remotely acceptable and understandable. They were really good and just had some bad luck. Big picture, this is Rick Stansberry. It is what it is. We will be forever frustrated, and we might have some glory every few years, but we'll never achieve anything incredibly unexpected. I'm not sure what should be done, but it's beyond time to accomplish something significant besides recruiting. Um, true. it is a very true statement. I think that basically sums up our, uh, thoughts on Rick Stansberry overall for the season. And since we've been doing the podcast, well, I have something for you, Devin. I actually just got back from the future. I can tell you how next season is going to turn out. Do you want me to tell you? <laughs> sure. Tell me. Yeah. So we're going to be preseason favorite to win the conference. Okay. And we're, we're going to have a really good non-conference schedule. I mean, we'll get a pretty big non-conference win that looks really well on our resume. But we're going to play some team that sucks and lose to them inexplicably. But, I mean, other than that, I mean, that kills our at-large chance. But, I mean, we still have a really good schedule compared to other CUSA schools. I mean, we'll get to conference play, and we'll look pretty good. We'll have some good wins, but we might lose a game to some team that we don't need to. I don't know what happens, and you know. And then uh, we'll be sitting at about a two or maybe even a one seed going into the conference tournament. And we'll get all the way to the conference title game, but we won't win it. And then we'll either be in the NIT or not do anything and be disappointed. That's what's going to happen, probably. Most likely. Um, of course, there are pieces that need to be filled in, too. There's a big piece missing with Charles Bassey. Um, yeah, but Isaiah I think Jamarion Sharp. I don't think we'll miss Bassey as much as we let on if Jamarion Sharp plays at the level that he has been in the place that he's at right now. There's a lot of NBA scouts that really like Sharp already. So okay. if he if he has this experience in Division One, I, I think that's going to be really big for him. I don't know if he'll be as instant impact as what Bassey was, but he's bigger than Bassey. And, I mean, he's got a decent shot, too. Like, I saw footage the other day of him draining a three in one of his games. So that's very, very interesting. I'd love for us to have, yeah. like, a Joel Embiid-type player. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, <laughs> nothing in my house. I love that commercial. But anyway. Um, anyway, so... It wasn't Joel Embiid, but it's okay. Who was jo What was that guy's name then? That was uh, Dikembe Mutombo. Oh, you're right. I'm sorry. You need to watch the NBA, Devin. Come on, pick a team. I know. Pick a I know. I, see, I gotta. Like I said, once Charles goes to the league, um, here we go. Okay. Right. Mountain Mars. <laughs> Love that guy. <laughs> I Love that course. Uh, but anyway, um, yes, I need to pick a team, and I'm waiting for Charles to go to a team before I pick one. Um, but anyway, um. 
some more comments here. I'm just going to kind of skim through some of these. Uh, so John says, I thought with everything going on, we had a good season. We won over 20 games. We belonged in the NCAA tournament. That is on the selection committee. Not so fast, buddy. We had to beat North Texas before we could advance to the selection committee skipping over us, in my opinion. Okay. If we'd have won straight out, we were conference champions regular season, but we've got to win that tournament before – you can pass the blame to the selection committee. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, we never should have lost to Charlotte. That was probably the big inexplicable loss that we had this year. That was completely unacceptable if you look at the talent that this team has and the, what Charlotte accomplished as well. They lost to a Division Two team shortly after they beat us. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what killed that. I mean, you have to win Conference USA if you want to get in the tournament. I mean, the way North Texas played is that – they showed up, they beat Purdue in the tournament. That helps us so much, not only just financially bringing in over a million dollars to the conference, but just keeping Conference USA as a national, hey, this team will win if they get an NCAA tournament kind of perception. I mean, I would love for Conference USA to be a two-big league again like it was 10 years ago when it was a lot better than it is now. But it's just we have to have so many good teams in our conference, if we if we would have to have some really consistently good teams that are in CUSA, if we were to be a multi-bid league, I mean that's the only way it's going to work. And with a way that yeah. so many players have already jumped ship, like the Javion Hamlet for North Texas, he's going pro. Malik Curry from Old Dominion is transferring. I think uh, UAB they've already lost a bunch of players to transfer. So, I mean, the rest of the conference, I'm not sure what it's going to look like when we start. I mean, they're going to be losing people to the transfer portal, probably worse than we are. So, we're all going to be in kind of a weird spot, but with all this free open, basically free agency in college with yeah. the transfer portal this year. So, I'm not sure. We'll see. Um, I'm going to summarize what Ann said here. Uh, she basically says that, you know, if, you know, it would have been a lot better if people had gone to a lot of the games, but, you know, understandably with COVID, yeah. you couldn't go to a lot of the games. Um, but and we can't said, really use that as an excuse either because other teams were obviously in the same boat. But well, what I'm, what I'm hitting at, what her basic point is, is that she went to all 13 games. Uh, well, she says we, so I'm assuming her and a spouse or something went to all 13 games and it was a completely different atmosphere lacking the much-needed fan noise and enthusiasm. And I can see that. Yeah. Um, that turns the game from an exciting experience, I'm sure, for the players into like almost feeling like a scrimmage. Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, it's almost like an open practice. Like, we had less people in Diddle, like, for our best capacity this season that, I mean, we would have had more people at Hilltopper Hysteria in a normal year than our best attended game in the regular season this year. Like, that just kind of puts it into comparison of how crazy this year has been. Yeah, um, and I think uh, Ashley kind of hits the nail on the head. I'm not going to get to everybody's comments because there are several, and we do appreciate you all, your feedback. Um, Ashley says she didn't appreciate playing teams back-to-back, -back, which is basically what we've been preaching all year. Uh, and not playing everyone in the conference, understandable due to COVID. But uh, secondly, we needed a plan B and C. Teams rather quickly figured out triple team Bassey and Voila. We Voila, I'm sorry. <laughs> Voila, we win. Uh, we were way too talented to not win the conference and make noise in the NCAA. Yeah, I mean. I think we we could have at least made it to the 32, I think, if we'd have made it into the tournament. Um, but, you know, COVID throws a, throws, a, uh, um, throws a wrench into that. And back-to-back skit plays and stuff like that, it just... But for the most part, it seems that everybody seems to think this team underachieved. And that's understandable. Um there was a lot of expectation going into this season. Um, they did win the regular season Conference USA tournament, and it's kind of like what Ross was saying the other week, um, that Conference USA is such a much more competitive arena than, you know, the Sun Belt was. And that's, you know, the higher we get yeah. in, you don't think so. Well, I mean, if you think about it, Conference USA is basically Sun Belt 
eight years ago. I mean, we're in it. Yeah, both of the Florida schools are in it. MTSU is in it. Uh, I mean, yeah. But, I mean, there's obviously better teams like Old Dominion and Louisiana Tech and those powerhouses. I mean, those have been consistently good teams that have been in Conference USA since they've been there, too. Yeah. So, it's really... I mean, I, it is a little bit better than what Sunbelt was, but at least we still made the tournament in Sunbelt. Yes. I mean, we, yeah, yeah. It's disappointing. Don't get me wrong. Um, I do think this team underachieved in some aspects, and I think they had a chance to um, to be, to capitalize on things and that they did not. Um, is next year going to be better? I don't think so. It sounds bad. I hate to be that. I hate to be a negative Nancy. Well, um, there's, the way I'm looking at it is uh, there's been a lot of players that will probably move on. Like, I don't know if Hollingsworth or Anderson or any of them will be coming back. I mean, I'm not sure what their role would be if they do. But I'd kind of like for us to start fresh and start with some new players because if you look over the past few seasons and the players we've had, we've had a lot of the same issues. And I feel like if we move on from them, then that'll give us a new identity. Like we won't have to worry about feeding the five-star recruit the ball every possession and making these horrid passes. So that we'll have one of the best guards in the whole state of Kentucky with Zion Harmon coming in. I mean, letting him kind of control the offense and letting him score and go off. I think we're going to be more guard heavy with him and McKnight. And I think Frampton, you can throw him in there too. He's still going to be a big three-point shooter for us. But I mean, I think Stansberry is still – I don't know if he'll get many more high school guys like Elijah Huey or someone like that in. But I feel like he'll definitely get two or three more guys out of the transfer portal. At least I would hope so. The, some instant impact guys that can maybe be starters or just like a core six kind of six man kind of guy. I mean, yeah. that's what I would hope for. So um, with that, we're going to wrap up tonight. We're going to take a break um, until probably football season, but I will say this. I, I do have something in the works and I am going to kind of preview a little bit of it here. I'm working on getting some interviews lined out over the summer and what we're going to do is try and, you know, get three or four, you know, five, six, whatever we can get over the next few of, you know, year or so. And um, we are working on starting a Patreon page. So what we're going to do is, for instance, um, our Patreon members will, if you're in that tier, will be able to listen to the interview, let's say, first of April, which there's not one just yet. We're still working on that. And our... Regular listeners uh, will be able to listen to it at the end of April or, you know, a week or two later or whatever. Um, I do not want to start a paywall for our show. Um, I have been an advocate against that the entire time. But um, in order to fund our podcast, I would like to um, be able to do something like that. So if you would like to do that, um, do not feel obligated. Uh, you, by the way, you know, we do have tiers set up, so um, it's not a, a, an expensive thing. It's about the cost of a cup of coffee a month. Um, you do not feel obligated to do that, though, but we do appreciate your support. Um, but what basically is we're going to try and get some interviews lined up. Um, I have reached out to some players. Uh, one player in particular is going to do be doing the pro day. Uh, so I have not heard back from him. I'm hoping maybe after the pro day he'll reach back out. Uh, but we're going to reach out to some players, some uh, people around Western, and uh, some other former players, uh, coaches maybe, whatever. I'd love to get Mike Sanford. That would be great. That oh would be the God, Devin. You know, Stop. hey, dude, dude, that would be. I'm not even kidding. You know, not that I like to poke the bear, but I do like to poke the bear. But um, you might as well get Jeff Brom and uh, uh, Ray Harper while we're at it. Jeff Brom wouldn't be bad. David Elson would be a good one. Oh man! See, we get David. I mean, Elson. We went to Franklin after he left Western. That tell that, that's, mm, that's okay. So let me tell you something sad. Um, David Elson, it was rumored that he was living in someone's basement in Frank Franklin at the time when he was coaching there, mm-hmm. which is so sad to me, you know, uh, but um, I digress. There you go. Yeah. I said it for one of my episode. Um, but um, like, like with Sanford, I would love to get his perspective on things, you know, 
not to not to rub salt in the wound, so to speak, but like, what did he think? You know, did he think that the next year things would be different? You know, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I would love to get his opinion on that. I would love it's to valid, but uh, good luck. It it would not go over well. You know, I think we'd have to wait. You know, to what year five or six after leaving Western or being yeah. forced out of Western before something like that can be uh, appreciated, I guess. Um, or able to talk about, I guess would be a good way to put that. Um, and I mean, honestly, I'd love to have Willie Taggart on the show. I don't think that would happen either, but, uh, just let him clarify, Hey, um, you know, when we had that meeting at six and I got on the plane at seven to go to Tampa or wherever, um, you know, that was the, you know, that was what was up, but I digress again too. Um, but we will still get some good interviews. So it's we like are yes, out. yes. Once so we get the Patreon back. set up, I'm really looking yes. forward to it. Yes, we will be. I'm gonna. That's that's what's coming this next month. I'm working on getting the Patreon finished, um, ironed out, get all the kinks worked out of it, and then hopefully start rolling out some interviews come May. Um, but we will be back. Um, listen in over the summer we'll have some interviews we're going to be posting and hopefully and uh we will be back for football season so with that i gotta push the button yeah it's the last one it's the last one i guess last one this season uh as always guys go tops go tops